0: Today we uh, have the privilege of uh, of chatting and learning a little bit more about our deacons today, our deacons for the English congregation. So, uh, just before we get to that, uh, let me just remind you a little bit about, about uh, uh, deacons and uh, what our deacons do here in the church. Uh, the word deacon itself comes uh, from the Greek, and it's uh, it's diaconos, so it's a very almost a literal translation from the Greek. And it's usually associated with, the, uh, the the role of a deacon is usually associated somewhat with a, an act of service in the church of some kind. Uh, we don't have exact rules and regulations on that from from the Bible, and so we find a great variation from church to church on what the ro- actual role of a deacon is. But uh, we often see that pastors and deacons are often referred to together, and so they're, they're somehow... Uh, closely associated with each other Uh, uh, one of the main differences is that often the pastors are chosen from someone outside the church whereas the deacons are chosen from uh, within the membership and often the function of the two overlaps uh, a fair bit the bible does talk about deacons though Uh, it gives us the qualifications for deacons in first timothy chapter 3 in particular. And those qualifications, when you read them, you see that they focus uh, primarily on issues of character. Uh, They focus on who is the person? What kind of character does that deacon have? And what are their relationships like within the church, within their own family, within the whole community at large? And so the deacon is someone who is looked up to, someone who has is of good character and good reputation, both within the church and outside of the church we see the start of deacons coming in the book of acts chapter 6 there was a need there at that time to care for the physical needs of the congregation so that others can uh, focus on spiritual needs the key point there and really the key meaning of deacon is one who serves and so that's what we see is deacons are one who are serving the church who are serving the body of Christ we here, in, and uh, in, as we have in common with most Baptist churches, we hold the, to the idea of the biblical concept of the priesthood of all believers, so we don't say, well, some are more spiritual and some have special privileges into the, in, into the, the holiest of holies. We, don't, we do not hold to those sorts of things. We are all priests. We are all free to go before God. And so while all believers are equal in that sense, some are called and, and, and selected out from uh, the body for special service and so that can be pastors or deacons or any and, and many other uh, roles to take the lead in many other areas but here at vcbc the deacons play a very important role and their role is really defined as caring and support and that's what it means to be a deacon here at vcbc and so caring and supporting the body of christ is something that uh, is key to what they do And so the deacons work alongside uh, those of us in pastoral leadership in providing the care and support for the church. And as we look specifically at the role of deacons here at VCBC, we see they involve three things. The first one is caring for the church. They do pastoral care, welcoming, some hospitality. Uh, Prayer is an important part of what they do. Uh, They lead. So as well as caring for the church, they're leading within the church. They're leading by their lifestyle, by their example, and by the words that they, uh, uh, that, they, that they speak and by their acts of service. It gives us an example to the rest of us of the ways we can serve and the way we should be. They are often the ones that people go to when they have concerns about what's happening in the church. They will go to the deacons because they recognize those are some of the leaders of the church. The third thing here at VCBC, the third thing the the deacons do is caring uh, for the pastors. So they look after us. They help make sure that we are encouraged and supported and uh, helped along the way, give us feedback. Also, uh, they are the ones who hold us accountable for what we do here at at the church. So that's a little bit about the deacons. And I'd like to ask uh, Pastor Don and uh, a couple of our deacons to come up. And they're going to share a little bit about what's on their heart, a little bit of their story. So if we could uh, have Philip come up as well, uh, and you can get to know our deacons a little bit better.
1: This morning, um, we have uh, sent a few uh, questions in the direction of these men, and um Uh, I'll give you just an idea of the kind of questions that they've been asked, and they're going to be able to share freely and trying to give us an opportunity to know who they are. Um, Who influenced you to become a Christian and how? Give your brief testimony of how you came to Christ. Explain the importance of your mate in your life and service to the Lord. Now, we don't have any Australians here, so we're not talking about just your, your good buddy. We're talking about your spouse. And and influence in your life and how you serve the Lord. How did you end up at VCBC and how has that experience been? What are the greater challenges of serving as a deacon? And explain. Then how can our brothers and sisters support you in prayer? So today we have two of our deacons. We have four in our church in the English congregation, being Philip Ma, who is here, and Henry Jem, who is here. Betty Yoon and William Loy are our other two deacons. But we're going to start off with Henry uh, and just let you uh, give your words of sharing and let us know who you are so that we can support you and that we can appreciate what ministry you're involved in here with us. Thank you.
2: Good morning, everybody. This, probably this is probably the first time I ever speak to so many people in public to give you a short brief about myself. Um, I was born in Hong Kong. Uh, my parents sent me to a um, religious school, a Catholic school. So I've known God I guess since I was uh, very young so after my parents my brothers and I immigrated to Canada somehow disconnected with God either I didn't know where to go probably I was quite naive, I thought Canada no church, but Canada has lots of churches. So, my years around that time just mainly studying, and then after I graduated, I started to date my wife, Carmen. So one day, when we had a dinner, she popped up these questions. I want my mate to be um, to have the same belief as I have. At that time, I thought, "Hey, wait a minute!" I thought. I know this person, our Father, God. And I didn't know how to answer her. So boys and girls, so when you have somebody in mind, if you are believers, maybe you could also ask the same question to your mate. See if they could follow you as well. So she said, "Okay, um, I'd like to um, go to this church, BCBC." she invited me to come along with her. So I said, "I will think about it." So one day I said, "Okay." I will go to church with you, and because we also have a few friends in VCBC, so it's not that you no, know, we didn't know anybody at that time, and I found that you know this is something I like to come more often. Pastor John. Pastor Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Chung, yeah. So he gave a few sermons. I was touched. But I was scared. Because he asked people to come up to accept Jesus as our Savior. But uh, I looked up, I didn't see anybody. So I said, Oh, no well, way. Then one time, I was quite disturbed because my business wasn't that good. And then I found that lots of people are coming to my store. They're not buying, they're stealing. So I suffered some losses. So one day, after Pastor John asked again, you will find peace in Christ. So, at time, say, I think this is, this is someone that I believe in. I want to accept him. And I want to have peace. Guess what? My business started to improve and also nobody come to steal my stuff. Because it's a small miracle, or could be a big miracle too. So, it's something I said, okay, I will follow Christ. I will follow Christ. Because he suffered For our sin. He saved us. I sacrificed his life. And I can find peace in him. To be a deacon, I thought I would just come here just like Christ to serve. I didn't know I have to do more than that. There are some challenges for the past few years. And I've nothing, I didn't know anything about legal issues as well. And I was one of the persons who have to handle this. And there are other challenges as well. I have to balance my family life my work as being a deacon as well. Because in the real world I guess I am the breadwinner I have to bring some money back to the house and to keep as my wife, myself, and my children have enough support. And also, I face challenges. I do need training. And also, I do need your support as well. And I do really thank everyone for the past few years in praying for me and as well as the rest of the Board of Directors. It is not easy to face the legal issue. And we'll praise the God. He is leading us together to face this issue. I think not just my spouse or the deacon's spouse. Also, help us along the way. We, as deacons, we need to open up with our spouses, open ourselves to them, and also ask them to set our priorities as well and we can work through all the stress we face. We do owe them a great deal of gratitude for so faithfully paying the role as the spouse of deacon. She, of course, like my wife Carmen, she was myself think about the family needs first. And also need her to support me to serve the church as well. And she also reminds me every time not to have two faces because I also represent the church as well. So I should should never be a hypocrite I don't have much talent the skills and the gifts God gives to me this is all I have I just volunteer to our Lord that I will serve just like Christ I ask you again to pray for me to help me balance my work my family and also my deacon responsibilities I'm sorry that I sometimes you know, don't have the time to talk to you more often to get to know you more I will try I will try I'm only 57 years old. Still have lots of time to get to know you. I just also ask you to pray. Pray for me. To live out faithfully because in the service of God's people. Because God cares for us and He will not abandon us. So, in the end, I would like to share a small verse. This is our second Corinthians 3. Praise, to the, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Henry. I'm glad you're much, much younger than I am. When Pastor Don asked me to give my testimony to how I become a Christian, I'm happy to have the opportunity to attend to God's faithfulness, his goodness, his guidance, his um, provision, protection, salvation. God gave us GPS, double GPS in our lives. I'd like to um, take the opportunity to really give thanks to God and to show you how God is working in my life as he has been working in your lives to bring us to where we are today. When I come to think of my conversion, don't know where to start, but the best place to start, I think, is from the very beginning. Is that right? <clears throat> the very beginning being when I was born. Now, before I go into details, I want to show a few verses I want to bring to your mind. I'd like to uh, just get us thinking along the line. First of all, I can think of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It's what by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, but it's a gift of God. Well, the second one is another one is very familiar with us, to all of us, but it applies quite truly in my life. It's from Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will not fear evil because you are with me. Another verse also applies in my life is from Jeremiah chapter 29. Verse, uh, verse 11. He says, "I have a plan for you, I have a plan that is to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And finally, one more verse come to my mind is from Second Samuel chapter 22, verses two and three, when David says, "The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer." The Lord is my God, my rock, in whom I took refuge, my shield and the honor of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, my savior, for my land people. You, you saved me. Now, why did I choose these verses? Let me give you an account of my a brief account of my life. I don't have too much time today. I'm of the generation prior to the baby boomers. Now, we don't get a, a name for our generation because only a few of us. A few of us are still here prior to 1945. I had the misfortune of being born during the Japanese war against China. It was two years after Japan invaded China, I was born into a war-torn zone in China. Now, I don't remember exactly what it was like, but when I see pictures of Syria, Apollo, is it Apollo? Is that what it's called? Apollo? Aleppo. That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you see the pictures of buildings being bombed, people being killed. That's the way it probably it was when I was born. In addition to that wartime, the <clears throat> The supply from overseas were stopped because of broadcast by the Japanese. No money coming from overseas to our part of, the, of China. So we did not have any resources. And because of the farming was stopped, there's not much food uh, preserved. So we were in a case of a famine for many years. So within the, six, the first six years of my life, I, I survived the war and famine. By the end of the sixth years, Japanese surrendered, but when we look around, half of our village was empty because many did not make it through that time. That's why I say, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God has protected me. Now, when I was 10 years old, I only have a few minutes. In between, there was four years of peace from 45 to 49. When I was 10 years old, communists came to China. I was in a school. I was being educated. I was being brainwashed, being indoctrinated by the communist teaching. I was enlisted into the Pioneer Club, not not uh, anti <laughs> not empty or serious Pioneer Club. <laughs> But I was in you know, wear one of those red scarves, proudly, and we were the predecessor of the red guards. So I was fully indoctrinated by the Mao's teaching. I want to say that because I was fully trained to be a good Chinese, to stay in China, love China, and to serve the people of China, according to Chairman Mao's slogan. I would not have left China if it not for an event that happened in 1953. You see, before I was born, my father left for the Philippines to do business and to gain some money to send back to China. But in 1953, he was murdered by the local bandits. He was in that island called the island of Samal. You heard of this islands of Samal? Recently there were two Canadians being kidnapped from that island and they were eventually beheaded. Anyway, because of the tragic event happened to my father, I had a change of heart when my mother asked me to leave China to go to Hong Kong and eventually come to Canada. After some struggling, uh, some complicated procedures, we got permission to send me out to Hong Kong. My mother was not allowed to go, so I, at the age of 14, I left for Hong Kong. And my mother just put me on a train and sent me off to cross the border to Hong Kong. I went with fear and trepidation. Didn't know what was happening, but I went anyway. The scary thing was, eventually when I got to Kowloon in Jim sa station, some of you know where that is. I didn't know anyone in Hong Kong. I was still dressed in the village clothing. I didn't have money, I didn't have any, um, I didn't know the Cantonese either. And then there was no one come to meet me at the station. Because my relatives who were supposed to come and meet me and where I would be staying with, they didn't know when I was arriving. So I stood outside the station for the longest time not knowing what to do. But you know, eventually, when it nearing dark, a person approached me, spoke to me in my own dialect, and asked me why I was there all alone. So I explained to her and told her that I came that no one came to meet me but I only have the address, a piece of paper on my, in my pocket. I pull out the piece of paper that says 151 Camp Street, Kowloon. That's all I have. Now, my mother must have been praying for me because I later learned my mother went to Sunday school when she was a little girl in the village. She must have been praying for me because this person offered to take me to where I was supposed to go. I think God must have sent a person. So that's the story of arriving in Hong Kong when I was 14. Got to a safe place. I was in Hong Kong for about a year, one year's time. And it's a long story again in that one year, but I won't go into details. But to come to Canada, to the next year, when I was 15. Arriving in Canada, I went to stay with an acquaintance of my mother whom she knew before this lady left for Canada. She only knew that Canada was a place I should go to make a living and send me along, not knowing what the future was. However, I was able to stay with this lady. She took me in I I lived and I I slept in the kitchen for a number of months. There's a little breakfast nook on the side. So I slept there until they prepared a room for me in their unfinished basement. So I lived with them. I was in this house. A Christian ESL lady came to visit my landlady. She met me and invited me to go to church. Well, a church was a Sunday school of a, another Baptist church called Franklin Mission Church. I went there once and then I had to leave for work in a remote place on the coast of BC. While I was away, this lady, who met me for a very brief time, sent me Christian literature and a Bible, and then she gathered all the Sunday school teachers to pray for me every Sunday until I became a Christian. So one day, after been reading the scripture and the literature, I felt that the Holy Spirit was urging me to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It was in the quietness of my home, my room. I quietly pray the prayer of acceptance and ask God to lead me in my life. And he's been doing that ever since. And that was when I was 17 which was 60 years ago. God has been faithful. God has led me all the way. And it's by his grace that we are saved. None of ourselves. So thank you for hearing my testimony. I give God the glory because it's he who led me all the way. Just briefly, being a deacon, It's a privilege, as Henry was saying. We need your prayer. But we are no different. We're just another Christian. All those responsibilities and duties are for all Christians. It depends on the amount of time and effort that we can put into it. If you look at the duties, it could be a full-time job. Having, caring, and leading. But it's by God's grace we do what we can, as much as we can. I think that's all what God is wanting for us to do, is do all we can and all that we are able to do. God will not ask us for any more. But do pray for us as Henry urged you, that we need your help. Prayer does make a difference. And we feel it when you pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for the pastors. Pray for the members. Love each other. Thank you very much.
1: I think we've heard a couple of wonderful testimonies of God's grace in the lives of these two men. And I think already we know that uh, they have shared that, that grace with us um, as they have served So faithfully, and been an encouragement to us. So, I'd like to ask that we would bow our heads and have one heart as uh, we give a prayer of appreciation for their service. Father God, we truly recognize that the church gathered is a very special body. We Come together in our weaknesses and in our frailties, in our prejudices and our awkward thinking, in our weaknesses. Uh, do we seek to be used by you and to be a blessing to others, Father? We do recognize that each of us has a responsibility to serve, and Father, we would ask that you would give us each and every individual an opportunity to serve You in one way, shape, or form. And Father, especially, we want to give thanks for our deacons. The deacons of our church who have taken on a role of leadership and and burden and care and concern and have allowed themselves to be used by You in many special ways. And yet, Father, at the same time, we want to remember their wives and their husbands and their the families, their children, that indeed, being a, a deacon or a deaconess in a church is uh, no small matter. And that it does take time away from some other responsibilities and some other experiences in life. And yet, in order to be used by you, they give this time. Father, we pray for them as a body today. We as a family of VCBC... Pray for these individuals who say to us they are willing to serve us and to be an encouragement to us, to be teachers and and models. Father, we pray that you would keep your hand on their lives, that the Holy Spirit would be so so real in their lives that uh, they would continue with the same joy they always have had in their hearts and their attitudes that they would continue to serve and be a light for us an encouragement for us and father we want to give thanks to you that you have placed your hands on their lives and allowed them to be a blessing to us in jesus name amen